What is up, Devil fans? Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. It is December 11th at 6.30. I got the pickle here, and I got our boy Publius with us. Jerry, what is up, my brother? How are we doing? What's up, you jerks? <laughs> A bunch of jerks. <laughs> the ocean call, they're running out of shrimp. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the jerk store called and they're running out of you. Um, <laughs> uh, it's good to have you on, dude. It's been a minute and um, we continue to uh, to talk via, um, you know, the inter- the Internet, the World Wide Web, yeah. the information superhighway. <laughs> and uh, we 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 constantly have this banter where I think we're we work off of one another to where I start saying something and then. It's like we're finishing each other's sentences. How cute is that? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the last time we left you guys was Saturday before the Calgary game, and um, the Devils finish up their road trip, and they go one and one with a win in Calgary and a loss in Edmonton, and uh, they win three out of four on the road on their road trip, and they get them right back in the swing of things. We got uh, how was how was your Monday, Dad? What would you do today? What do you think I did? You played golf? Absolutely. How'd you, how'd you shoot? I got, a, I, I got my own personal ATM machine out there. Oh, yeah? You winning I some got, money? I got a, yeah, I got this guy from, uh, from Long Island that just wants to play every day. And um, I don't know. Hmm. Taking him for a ride? Pretty much. Pretty you much. Sandbagger? I don't, wanna, I don't, want, I don't want to say. No, definitely not sandbagging and stuff. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, he's. It's been so bad. He's going to golf school this weekend. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh my God. He's going to oh Orlando to go God. to golf school. <laughs> oh man, yo, it was crazy. I had a, I had like my annual doctor's appointment this morning, um, and I don't need a colonoscopy yet because oh, uh, I'm not as old as you guys. But uh, no, I'm like, but I went to go in to get my yearly checkup, and I I went there and. The doctor wasn't there, and I got I got so bent out of shape. I mean, it, it was seven forty five in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning. I drive the Long Branch, and the doctor isn't there. And they were like, "Oh, she called. She called out." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" And I and I was mad because not not because you know I was not at work and I went out of my way to go to the doctor, but what if I had? You know how sometimes like you'll purposely not drink as much and eat better and everything before you go to the doctor so that your tests look better. You know what I mean? Every time. Um, <laughs> right. That's like, that's like a real common move. You know what I mean? They're like, how often do you drink? You're like, Oh, I had, you know, I have a glass of wine with dinner <laughs> once in a while in between uh, bottles of scotch. <laughs> and, and I, but I'm like, what if I had not abused myself this weekend all for nothing to come in and, and for you to not be here. So I was, I was really upset. So I got home today, and I've been trying to trying to get in some sort of shape because I'm I'm just a total mess. I I have this Peloton. I I'm I'm back on the Peloton. Which oh, good for you. Either my ass is so fat or the seat is really small, but it was like really painful. So I had to like buy this like big seat. It if they could make a Peloton that was a three wheeler like an old woman would drive <laughs> with a basket on the front, that's what I would have. So I end up. I ride this Peloton and I realize that I'm getting close to like my personal highest amount within of like output in 30 minutes. So I'm down to two minutes left. And I know that if I like push it literally as hard as I can go, that I, I could probably beat my record. 
So I literally turned into you to where I pushed myself so hard that I almost I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack, literally. So I come out of the basement. The whole family is looking at me like <laughs> I felt like that scene in, in The Great Outdoors and like John Candy gets like the, the horse runs away from him. And he has to so I like come walking upstairs and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to throw up. Age is like, though, do you want dinner? I cooked us fish and green beans and white rice, and it's healthy. I'm like, I need to like go shower and just like get a, get a hold of myself real quick. <laughs> so I come back downstairs and uh, and I eat this like little piece of fish and some green beans, and I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, no, it was really good. And I go over to the fridge, and there's a bucket of fried chicken in there from oh. yesterday. <laughs> and I <laughs> I hopped on two pieces of fried chicken and totally just dismissed the the obviously yeah. heart attack I'm, i almost just had but um but i'm pumped up because uh the giants play tonight and uh, i know that the giants don't really have anything going for them but uh i'm still this whole tommy devito thing to me is is <laughs> it's gonna go down in history like the guy's only gonna play a couple more games and then he's forever gonna be known as you know tommy cutlets yeah, you know what i mean right, so, right. um i'm embracing it while while it's still going on but um yeah, a lot unfolded over the last two games. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't know where you want to start. The first thing that really, come, that really comes to my mind when I'm thinking of the previous two games on, on Saturday and Sunday was Akira Schmid yesterday. Um, you know, he came out and he blamed himself for the loss. Despite playing pretty good in a lot of facets of the game, he made some big stops. But... Was I the only one that thought that he looked like he was like stoned or like really slow when yeah. he was moving out of the net? Like, so he he had the one turnover that led directly to the one goal, but he also had the goal that was taken back, where that could have easily been one too, and it was the same kind of play. He got off to just a very. It looked like he was lazy. It, that's like the only thing I could think of. There was no urgency. There was no. He he didn't he took his time leaving the crease and getting back and it ended up costing us and we like the we like when a goalie looks really poised and really in control <laughs> and really calm but he was too calm for me he looked like he like drank like some cough syrup or something yeah, before uh, had a couple of quaaludes there. and I'm ready to go <laughs> yeah. guys <laughs> yeah uh, Jerry what was your what was your take on the goaltending over the weekend you could even uh, touch on Vanacek if you want on on Saturday yeah. Um, it's it's interesting that you bring that up right off the bat because sometimes uh, for the last one that we did together, you know, I made a few notes before we we came on just to kind of jog some conversation. But I think Schmid actually typically plays the puck pretty well, and I actually like when he plays the puck. He's pretty solid at it. He's I feel like he's a good passer, makes makes a lot of good decisions uh, when he does come out of the net. But um, boy, was was uh, last night n- not one of them. Um, it, other than the puck handling, I thought he had a really good game. I thought he played well, um, made a lot of big saves, but um, just a, a couple of um, mental lapses, and 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 they ended up in the back of the net. Uh, I don't know what he was doing on that McDavid goal. It looked like he was trying to battle the uh the four checker for the puck and that just wasn't happening yeah i mean it, it sucks because uh it 
even though he played pretty good, those mistakes did kind of cost us the game. You know what I mean? Yes. I, thought, I thought that we had a surge towards the end of the game where we the, the, the ice was definitely tilted and we were front-footed, but we weren't able to capitalize. And you pull the goalie with three minutes and 45 seconds left. I thought that was a – I understand that, like, Ruff likes to pull the goalie with some time um, on the clock, but, yeah, I don't know. They, they, they got too far behind. Um, the way that game was going last night, as soon as he pulled the goalie, I knew it was over. It just didn't yeah. feel like a game that we had a lot of control consistently. And I thought once that goalie was pulled, they, w- they were going to put one in. I, I pretty much just, you know, that that was it. But, you know, getting getting back to Schmidt and Vanacek and just the goaltending in general, it feels like Schmidt and Vanacek, they both make – Incredible saves every game, throughout the game. But then they, there's these moments of – what's that? You guys – you froze up, sorry. No, yeah. I, we, I didn't hear what you said. Go ahead. You could you – could. Um, get, Getting back to the goaltending. So they, they both make these – uh, amazing saves throughout every game, but then there's these mental lapses, like the the game in Calgary, uh, the last goal that Calgary scored to make it a one goal game. Um, Vanacek was so so deep in his crease. Uh, the, you know, I think the shot came from a little bit above the circle, uh, not top of the circle, but the dot, a little bit above the dot. He's so deep in his crease, and before the puck even leaves the shooter's stick, he's on his knees. So the angle is way off. And even Vanacek said in the post game, it was a, he, I think he said it was a shit goal, which I thought it was. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think like Vanacek has made some good saves yeah. and like Carey has made some good saves. And then they and it's weird. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe our team could do a little bit better in blocking shots because you look at like Edmonton yesterday, Edmonton's known for having a horrible defense. And that was their whole thing is they were very much in the devil's same kind of situation where they had to score four or five goals a night in order to win. And man, Edmonton looked, their defense looked awesome. We couldn't get anything towards the middle of the I ice know. or towards the front of the net. I mean, what was, you know, that did not look like uh, a team that is looking to add defensively or has bad defensive structure. It looks like everyone was bought in. If you ask me, um, the devil's, you know, Ruff came out and said that he thought maybe that the team looked was, was tired. And I mean, that's bound to happen. They did play a lot of games, but I don't know. I kind of like think that that might be a, Oh, I don't know. This seems like an excuse. I mean, everybody's tired, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it was it was a it, the game was frustrating actually. It, it was. was like one of those games where they just couldn't get anything going. You know what right. I mean? Like, what were you doing, Dad? Were you? They had twelve. They had twelve evening? shots. They had twelve shots the first two periods, which is tough. And then I think they had like seventeen in the third period. Um, they just they and not for lack of shots, they just couldn't get anything through to them. Like you said, um, Ed, I think Edmund did, did a lot better job blocking the lanes. I think, and I think that we played. I, you know, Schmid took responsibility for that. I don't. Uh, I don't think he necessarily played horrible. Um, I think we played a lot better defensively. Um, our defense, you know, didn't let up a lot of odd man rushes and stuff like that. 
Their, their goalie played well too. He had he had some big saves. Yeah, he played he played above his pay grade. I think. Yeah. Um, one of the guys, uh, Jerry, that I'd like to talk about is my boy Nemitz. He is he leads the New Jersey Devils in uh, five on five expected goals for percentage since being. Uh, since being called up, despite he start he's started more shifts in the defensive zone than any other player on the team. Wow! I thought I actually thought that his best game was, uh, uh, what was that yesterday? Yeah, his best. I thought that his best game was yesterday. In my opinion, I thought that that was his strongest performance so far. He didn't get on the score sheet. He didn't do anything that really completely stood out. But he, you know. <laughs> He was on the ice with McDavid and Dreisaitl a lot, and he made a couple good defensive plays. I thought he moved the puck really well, and um, I think he continues to grow in front of our eyes, even though it's only been a handful of games. At one point, they had the pairing of Hughes and Nemitz, which I think all of us have been excited and thought about, you know, happening at some point. Um, Dad, what were, you hit me up during that. What was your what was your thoughts on uh, on Nemitz and, and Hughes over I, the weekend? I love them. I love them together. I mean, I don't think that's what we're going to see, but them together, it seems like Ruff wants to put them together when he's like, we need an infusion of offense. Um, if you look at the hockey stack card, you know Nemitz had the best game out of any Devil yesterday, so that's you know that's pretty impressive. He just looks totally comfortable, and yeah. like I said, the you know last podcast I said it, and it's it's not popular, but um, you know Dougie going down is terrible, but he almost makes it. You know, he almost makes it a little like it's not that bad, guys. You know, we got somebody, we got somebody here. Bill, what did I what did I tell you in the DM as soon as Hamilton went down? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was it was uh, same well, thing. Same thing. Senior saying, yeah, like we're going to get to see this kid play. You know, he's going to have a role. He's going to be able to quarterback a power play. You know what I mean? Like all those things that he wouldn't have had a chance to do. I mean, ideally, and we brought this up in the last episode. I would have liked to have seen him play instead of Brendan Smith. And can you imagine if you had a Dougie right. Hamilton and Marino and Nemitz playing together, it would have been like, holy crap. Um, didn't work out that way. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as, as far as Nemitz and Luke Hughes goes, Jar, I mean, what is, what has been not even just this weekend, but just in general, what is, uh, what goes through your head when you, when you think about the way you've seen those guys play? Well, Nemec looks He's never panicking. He's one of those players that when, when he has the puck and he's under pressure and, and he's still only 19 years old, so he, he is going to screw up a little bit here and there. But he's got that uh, um, vibe about him where he just looks confident in every move that he makes. And it's generally the, the right move when he's being uh, forechecked hard in our defensive zone when he's breaking the puck out. Uh, you, you don't see a lot of mistakes with him. Um, he, he's, he's putting the puck in the right position to the right forward. Um, and, you know, again, if he doesn't have anything, um, doesn't have an outlet, it's, it's usually out of the zone. Um, I can't remember the last time I've seen a defenseman, at least with the Devils, come in and look like the way Nemec has at that age to come in and have the poise that he has and the confidence in his game. Um, besides Luke, it might be Niedermeyer at, at that young of an age. I mean, that's, 
that's how rare it is for you to see a kid at this age. Uh, and that, you know, you get forwards come in all the time. It's a much different scenario. They come in that, that age. Um, their mistakes aren't as glaring. But, you know, you see on the D side, if you screw up, uh, it's usually in the back of the net. And, and this kid is just, both of them, Luke and, and Nemec, uh, just kind of kind of flawless. Um, they're, they're playing very, very well for 19-year-old kids. Yeah, you know, you know, like one of the things is like I see like his like biggest mistakes to me are – his biggest mistakes aren't like super, they don't always, they don't cost you a goal. So like sometimes he'll get the puck and as patient and as cool as he is once in a while, he'll get the puck and he'll just like fling it around the boards yeah. when he actually yeah. has a little time and space. But those are plays that at least you're getting the puck out of your zone and you're not putting yourself in a weird position to where you're caught too deep offensively or you're not, you know, th- those are, those are plays that, um, he can learn from, but it's not going to cost the team. So I thought that that has been encouraging. Um, I, we brought up in the last episode about, and I, me and you briefly touched on it was I thought that the devils have to do something with Dawson Mercer. He He's not working out at center. And my idea was to either put him on a line on the wing with Hughes, which had got him going in the past, or even possibly to move him to the fourth line and play him at center on the fourth line, because I thought that Mike McLeod deserved an opportunity to come up and play on the third line, possibly alongside Meyer. And, um, and you, and you, you touched on it and you said that you, you felt like besides the Nico line, nobody's really going right now. It's just the Nico line driving play. Um, and I think they did. They actually moved McLeod up to play. He had a couple shifts. Um, they moved Holtz up to play with Hughes at one point. And then I th- you did. It was, um, I think you saw it. at one point, Meyer played with McLeod. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. I mean, what do, what do you think we should do? Because Meyer has been a, a, an issue as well. And I actually... I'll be the first to admit, I actually thought he played good in the Calgary game. I thought he, he, I thought he pushed play and I thought he played well, but he was kind of nowhere to be found in the Edmonton game. And, um, you know, you're 20 something games into the season. Now you're over 25 games into the season or whatever it is. And it's like, you're going to need a guy who, you know, I know you always, we always bring it up to how much money they make and that's not really how it should be judged. But the truth is they just signed him to this long deal we're going to need to get him going. Jerry, if you're if you're Lindy Ruff behind the bench, what are you doing with the lines? Well, in terms of Meyer, Ruff has to stop switching him from left wing to right wing. He's done it the last couple of games. Um, he need, I really think Meyer needs to be put – I think he was a right wing in San Jose. He needs to be put on the right side and kept there and have some – stable line mates, uh, some, some people that he can, uh, you know, play three, four games with and, and kind of gel with this, this jumbling of lines and D pairs. Um, it's a difficult way to play hockey. You get very used to the way your line mates play the, what, what they do in game, if they're going to, you know, put a pass between their legs as a, as a drop pass or, you know, whatever you get used to the way your, your line mates play. And when you're playing with somebody different every game, it's, it's hard to get into a, into a rhythm and it's hard to know what, what, what to expect from your line mates. Um, so 
in, in terms of the lines, um, I think McLeod and Holtz clearly play well together. Um, I don't know why we keep I don't know why we keep splitting them up, um, but they, 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 the, the games that they've played together, they've played well together. Now, maybe I heard you talk about the last podcast. You go with pairs, right? You want to yeah. go with pairs. So may, maybe you keep McLeod and Holtz as a pair together, um, spread the offense out a little bit. Um, Toffoli and Hughes seem to work well, although really – it hasn't worked real well five on five. Like like you said, the only line that's really played well five on five consistently is um, Heischer's line. So I, I said to you in the DM, like, in my opinion, anything is fine with me at this point in terms of the other nine forwards. I mean, clearly you, you want to keep, uh, you know, Bastion on the fourth line or or maybe not. Maybe scratch him a couple of games. I don't know. But um okay. I'd be mixing and matching at this point. Mercer's not Mercer is completely lost this year. Meyer's not going right now. Um, Hughes is pointless in the last three games. So mix Dad, it up. What, Dad, what are you doing? I, you know, I, I think the first thing you want to do is I, I think that you can't play these guys if they're not healthy. I don't think Meyer's healthy. I think that he's, he's still nursing an injury and, He's definitely not 100%. Um, when you see he's not a guy that, that shies away from uh, checks or along the boards and stuff, and he is doing that now. Um, you know, Hala is still hurt too, and it's like holding the guy out for a game and then having him come back on Wednesday and stuff. Is that – are you really – why not get people 100% healthy? But I would like to see – I would like to see Hala on that third line and – either move Mercer or Holtz up to the, to the jack line. Um, I think that both of them, you know, uh, Mercer produced really good last year with, um, with Jack and everybody does, but, or put Holtz up there and Holtz has a good shot and Jack could set him up. I thought Holtz played good with Jack. I thought he played, I thought he played real good with him. Yeah. I mean, um, he actually, because, like, he kind of disappeared for a little bit. Holtz disappeared for, like, three games, four games. And I, I think, like, he kind of, he was making, he was very visible in, in the game. And I think, like, they gave Mike McLeod some extra ice time, too. And I thought that he, he drove some play it. as well. So, uh, you know, do you think that this that this stretch is costing Mercer? Dad, we'll start with you and we'll go to you, Jar. Do you think this is costing Mercer some cash? I think more than it's costing him cash, it's saving the devil some money because I don't think they're going to move him, and um, it's definitely costing him. Um, is this his uh, junior slump, uh, sophomore slump plus one? You know, he's uh, well. They say usually his second year they have like yeah, a little slump, slump, and he yeah. didn't and he didn't do it last year. He just stayed up there, so you know. Maybe this uh, slow start, he is a streaky player. Um, it, I think it's going to cost him some money. What do you – and we'll, we'll get into it. Put, pick a number in your head, what you're signing to him. You don't have to tell me right now, but – I would love to see him sign in the fours for four years, five years. Yeah, 4.5, 4.75. think that I think that would be worth it. You know, I think his value, his true value – comes by you know 
he's able to play. He's he's going to be one of those guys that plays every single game. You're not going to, you know, people get hurt all around the league, but he just seems like one of those guys that, you know, is going to sidestep all of that. He's going to be able to play. He looks a little bit slower. Is it is it just me, or does he look like he's, like, lost a half a step, which clearly he, I don't think he has. Like, there's no reason that, a kid his age would be losing speed. If anything, he should be gaining speed. Um, I think now. Jared, I think now it's yeah. funneled into his confidence as, as well. I, I don't. Totally. He's he's not playing confident. Um, it's it's got to be costing him money. I mean, could you imagine if he was on a sixty or seventy point per game pace right now? Like we would. We, we I don't know if we'd be able to afford him next year. Um, but it's definitely costing him money, but like senior said, it's also saving us money. I don't know that Meyer is going to sign a four, four year deal. I think he's probably going to do you know, do maybe a bridge deal one or one or two years and bet, bet on himself, you know, having a rebound. Dawson Mercer is such a good hockey player. He's just struggling right now with confidence. He didn't forget how to play hockey. Um, you know, he's just clearly struggling. And, and I, I think he'll turn it around eventually. Um, but, it, you know, whether it's next game or, ne- you know, next year, hopefully not. But he'll, he'll turn it around. Let me ask you this. We talked about this in the previous podcast, too. He's somebody that's going to be targeted when you're looking to make a big trade. Now, if the Devils were to try to make a big trade for a guy like Askarov, a future potential number one franchise goaltender, which we got to see Dustin Wolf um, on Saturday, and he looked pretty damn good. I mean, he's a kid that's going to be around for a long time, and I know you're a goalie guy. Um, You know, are you moving? Would you be willing to move Mercer if it meant for a guy like Askarov if Nashville was going to roll UC Saros for the foreseeable future? Oh, man. I don't know. Um, I would try everything other than to move Mercer. We'd be selling low on him right now. Um, I do like Askarov a lot. Um, But again, goalies are strange because, you know, we could trade for Askarov and he could come into the, I don't think this is going to happen. I think he's going to have a good career just by watching him. But, you know, just because he plays well uh, in, in the A or, you know, had a, had a good international career with, with Russia doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be going to be lights out in the NHL. Would I trade Mercer? I probably would for a good goalie. I don't know if I trade Mercer for Askarov, but Swayman or Olmark, right? probably. I'd, I'd hate to play against Mercer four times a year with the Bruins, but I probably would for, for Swayman or, or, or Olmark. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's funny, like you're a goalie guy. You, there's really goalies are such an enigma and there's really no way to judge what a, a guy is going to turn into. Yeah. Um, you could go on their past and, and obviously, you know, when someone plays on a big stage in that many games and, and is successful, I mean, you could, you could assume that they're going to be good. But like you said, I mean, we've seen great goaltenders. We saw Corey Schneider going from being one of the best goaltenders in the league to not being able to stop a beach ball. Um, You've brought up um, our goaltenders down in the AHL and whether it might be worth it to take a look at them. 
Nico Dawes is back from injury. Congratulations to him. Um, you know, we'll start with you, Jared. Where where do you see it's it's Poulter and, and Dawes? Where do you see those guys fitting in? And when would you be willing to take a look at one of those guys? Do you think the Devils are willing to take a look at one of those guys um, this season if the goaltending's uh, you know continues to be the way it is uh, on the big club? So so with Poulter. I was talking to a buddy of mine who knows the the CBA kind of in and out and the amount of goalies that the Devils have signed right now has something to do with us not being able to call Poulter up. I'm not exactly sure the technicalities of it, but Poulter and I've I've never actually I've seen some highlight videos of the guy, but I really only know about him because I follow so many people from Utica on Twitter, he, he's he's playing lights out, and he has been the entire season. He had a little bit of a lull, but um, he's been, and especially the last three games, he has been playing lights out. If it was possible to call him up, I think the Devils probably already would have brought him up here. Um, so I, I don't know, again, I don't know what the ins and outs of the CBA are, but um, Poulter looks very good, and, and if we can call him up, I think we should immediately, just to see what he has. What What's the harm in it? It's it's always good to have a friend that knows the CBA inside and out. My my buddy, he like he's like read it. It's it's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It's good to see that Nico does is back. Um, we. You look. You saw that Hollow was out of the lineup. He was injured. To me, Bastion has had some just not been up to up to par. Um, and I don't think it's our fourth line that's called. That's you know, it's a it's a fourth line player. So, but they bring tyranny in. I'm starting to starting to hear some some words. Uh, winds are swirling in regards to Graham Clark. I mean, is it is it time to see Graham Clark uh, break this Devils lineup? So yeah, he's um, another one down in Utica. I th- over the last six games, he's got f- I think five goals and seven assists. And there's more video available on um, Clark than than there are than there is on Poulter. So I've gotten to see a little bit of him. Um, man, Clark has a shot. He, he, he can play. He's a slick passer. He's got a, a, a really nice wrist shot with a lot of velocity on it. Kind of shoots. Uh, you, you see Holtz do it, um, but also more like Bedard where um, they kind of toe drag the puck into the wrist shot. Um, he, he can let it rip. And the only thing is, you bring a player like Clark up, he's not really a fourth-line player. Um, he, you know, may, maybe if you put him on a line with McLeod and Holtz, I think, I think that would be a sick line. Uh, I think him, McLeod, and Holtz would be an absolutely nasty line. Um, and I hate to say, because I really do like Bastion, but he's really – he has some good board battles, but that's really it. I, feel, I really feel like we could – probably get more out of Clark. Uh, and again, what's the harm in calling him up for three, four or five games and giving him a solid look? Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, we all agree that tyranny's not the guy, right? Oh my God. For sure. 
Dad, you like tyranny, right? I heard you're getting a tyranny jersey. Yeah, I am. I, I have it order. I have it on order right now. A right. whole man away. Right. You get you got the picture framed of his uh, <laughs> of his warm up. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we can get into we can get the other uh, like. Let's get into Jack Hughes. Actually, I, I Jack Hughes has not been. He's always good. He's always going to be one of our better players. But over the past three games, he's just turned the puck over a ton. Uh, he is a guy that peels off when someone's about to shoot the puck. And I get it. I don't actually want to see him block shots because I don't want to see him get hurt. But um, he is he's kind of struggled the past couple games. You saw the frustration come out at the end of the at the end of the Edmonton game after the empty net goal. Um, have you noticed have you noticed the turnovers from Hughes, dad? Yeah, definitely. He's, you know, it's hard not to notice them and his frustration is is warranted. I mean, we he came very close. We should have had uh we should have had a goal at the end of that third period. I mean, he had he had a really good shot and then he had the rebound right there and just couldn't lift it over, you know, over his pad. Um you know, going through trying to I don't know. He's a um He's he wants to carry the team. He wants yeah. to carry the team, and he's going to carry the puck through the try and beat everybody on the, the the ice to get there and to score the goal and you know turn things around. I don't necessarily hate that. I don't like to see the turnovers uh, as much. And you even saw uh, Luke Hughes do it a couple times too. He did it on the power play, where it was like, yeah, we have a we have a pretty good entry into the you know, into the offensive zone. And uh, I like to see yeah. Brack carrying it through. Yeah. See, like our power play is to me is too predictable. Like you see exactly what happens, what they like to do. They like to get it to Luke at the point and then Luke hands it off to Jack and Jack curls and goes towards the net. And then a guy gets in his shooting lane and then he either tries to get it across to Brat, or he just fires one into the slot to Nico. That's always way too hot for anybody to actually handle. And then you basically give up. You give up your puck possession, and then it turns into a scramble for the puck or whatever. It's like I'd like to see him be a little more. There has to be more movement than just Luke and and Jack moving the puck back and forth more, I mean, more creativity it, it just right. it seems like they're just having a catch back and forth uh you know in the top of the zone and it doesn't even look like they're trying to force any seam passes so it just it i don't know i don't know what the strategy is in the power play right now it, it it's struggling now big time do you know what would really throw teams off would be for them to get the puck low and then you could move Brat down lower and then you could pass the puck back and forth behind the net, even if it was just once or twice to open the ice up and then and then make a move. Because right now they never get the puck below the dots. Yeah, it's always above the dots and it's always in that left hand side of the ice where, where Jack is. I actually, to be honest with you, like I prefer putting Holtz on the ice with Jack and letting him open up and have that shot because they kind of have Brat on the wrong side of the ice anyway. Yeah. You know? it, it doesn't make any sense. It, it, it really doesn't. And the same thing with Meyer too on the, on the, on the second unit, not that we see much of the second unit anymore, but you know, wh- why, why Meyer is on the bumper spot on the second unit when he's got, 
he probably scored 10 goals a year from the half wall on the right hand or the left hand side with his one timer. Like what are we doing here? I know. I think, I think the whole shot is the shot that they're looking for when they're making those passes across the ice. Like I think, I think that Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt definitely can uh, have a scoring touch, but when it comes to just someone firing the puck, like, think Mika Zibanejad when they they get it over to him or or I'm not comparing anybody to Ovechkin but like you get somebody in their spot and you let them fire I mean dad we we watched Holtz in warm-ups just the ones I was just pointing them out to you but the dude can rip the puck and it's like he doesn't really have a ton of time to shoot in five on five but if you give him any kind of opportunity, I mean, it's a friggin' no, laser. He's got a rocket. He's got a it's, rocket for sure. It's, and he just is a pure goal scorer. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I would agree. I think, I think Nico belongs in front of the net. But when it comes to Timo Meyer, it's like Timo Meyer has a really good shot too. Yeah. It's like uh, playing him as a bumper. That's not what. He, that's not really his game. I get it. He's physical and he can crash the net. But that's not really what you pay. You're not paying him nine million dollars to to tip pucks in front of the net. You know what I mean? And that's not where he was in San Jose on the power play either. He was, he was on the half wall for the one timer. Um, what are your thoughts on, um, we'll start with Kevin ball. I mean, Kevin ball, we brought him up. He's kind of looked like he's struggled a little bit. He did go for a big hip check in the game. He's got to be, he's got to play more physical. Like we don't have anybody that plays physical on our back end. And you know what? Jonas Siegenthaler, you could throw him in the mix too, because when Lindy Ruff benched Siegenthaler going into the playoffs first, uh, it was in the Rangers series, he came out, and Siegenthaler played so physical. If you go back and watch those playoff games, he was throwing his body around and standing up people at the blue line. He looked like a completely different player. I know that's not typically his game, um, and it surprised me when I watched it. He, the, the amount of physicality that he brought to his game, I think he knew that it was the playoffs and I have to step up and everything gets a little bit, you know, heavier. But there's no excuse for Kevin Ball. He has not, he has not solidified himself a roster spot, in my opinion, uh, to the point where he can get away with just playing a skilled game. At some point, dude, you're six foot seven or six foot six, whatever it is, 200 and something pounds. Yo, you but you have to get nasty, dude. Yeah. Play nasty. Yeah. It's like that's your boy, Dad. What, I know, what but you, I, I think because do? he's not playing well, it's looking. It looks like he's tripping over the blue line, and uh, he's he's getting caught out of position a lot. But what, about, I, but what about the stuff that he's that he's in control of? Like you know, if you don't play well and you're fighting out of a funk, I I respect that, and that's fine. But he's in control of the intensity and the physicality that he that he plays with. I'm not asking him for to try to lay people out and open ice. Right. right. Now along the boards, along the boards, he definitely should be more physical. Um, Not taking chances in the center of the ice or people coming across because if you miss it, you look like an idiot. Um, You know, I could see him play. He is playing much more cautious now only because he isn't playing very well. If you look, he's on, you know, he's at the very bottom of the list of productive players and, you know, even, you know, he he would be the odd man out. If Dougie comes back tomorrow, he's the odd man out. Um, I would I definitely think that him and Siegenthaler, you're right. Him and Siegenthaler, Siegenthaler should be should be playing much more physical. They're big guys. That's yeah. Ball, ball, 
Ball plays like he's 5'10", 170 pounds. I, I, I don't know why. And even like if there's scrums in the front of the net, he like he's never putting anybody on their ass. He, you know, he might tie him up. Right. Uh, the, the, along the uh, and that and again that stuff like to what you said, Bill. Like that stuff he can control. He is a. There's not many people in the NHL that could stand up to him. I'm not talking about you know dropping the gloves and fighting. Although not many people could probably stand up to him that way either. But I'm just talking about clearing the crease, uh, being hard against you know being hard on the boards uh, dur- during puck battles. It's almost like a lack of confidence for some for some reason. He just doesn't seem very confident um, with or without the puck right now. I know, and i i want to see him. I want to see him get nasty. I mean, you've yeah. seen just this week around the league. You've seen some really nasty plays and, and a couple hits from behind. They brought it up on Thirty Two Thoughts. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that hit uh, on. Branson. Branson. Dude, what what are we doing? Like, you could have broke that guy's neck. Malicious. That is just so ridiculous. And they that was a two minute penalty. And it's like, how is that a two minute penalty? There's no consistency in the officiating. There's no consistency in officiating. And it really is you know, and they they brought up on, on this, you know, they brought up on the podcast, he was like Players, especially from Europe, are not protecting themselves. And I'm not trying to repeat myself from last, from Saturday's episode, but that's literally exactly what we were talking about. And it's like, dude, you know, that's a five minute penalty. That was a five minute penalty 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's like, and and the league is getting softer and the league is, the physicality is down, but it's like, come on. And at some point, the players do have to take it into their own hands. And what's going to happen now is now the refs are going to, you know, it's boiled over at this point. Now I think like the refs are going to call a lot of hits from behind coming up. But um, well, like you said in the last podcast too, a lot of these players aren't protecting themselves. They, I don't know if they're not learning it anymore, but I know, and I heard you say in the last podcast and I completely agree. They've taken hitting out of hockey now and I get the CTE thing, but they've taken hitting out of hockey until you're a bantam now. Like when we were kids, you used to be able to hit as a peewee. Now it's, right. now it's bantam. Um, I can remember going to practices where we would just learn how to take hits for half the practice. Learn how to protect yourself. You know, if you're about to get hit, you don't want to be two feet away from the boards. You want to get closer to the boards and absorb the hit. Um, right. And they're just not learning this now. It's The NHL is like, I don't know what they're doing or thinking, but they're trying to turn this into like, Beer league hockey, no check on, a, on eleven o'clock on a on a Wednesday night, um, and that's not the sport. You know, part of the beauty of the sport is is the hitting and the storylines behind the hitting. You know, we were all witness to to Scott Stevens for for many years, my my hero uh, growing up. But um, one of the reasons I played defense as a player is because of Scott Stevens. But um, I, I think it we have to start holding the officials accountable as well, um, that there needs to be some kind of uniformity with how they're going to call some of these hits. Uh, maybe if maybe if you want to, after a hit like that, if they want to stop and review it, I don't know. But uh, some, something has to be done with the way they call the penalties because that was not a two-minute, that was a five-minute and, and a game misconduct. And not only that, but if that play had been a five-minute and a game misconduct, um, Cousins would have been thrown out of the game, and all the rest of the antics for the rest of that game would have never happened because Cousins wouldn't have been on the ice. 
I know. You, you, know, you know what's crazy? How sick are – I'm so sick of the Florida Panthers. Like, the Florida Panthers are, like, in a melee after every game. It's like, I hate the Kachuk brothers. Yeah. It's like all, all the bullshit that comes with them. It's so annoying. And if you played in the beer league uh, that my dad was in when I was a kid, there was there was more checking in that beer league than there is in the NHL. <laughs> Oh my God! There used to these guys used to go after each other, and there'd be fights everywhere. And it was Staten Island boys. That, that's that's um, why I retired from uh, from. I just retired from men's hockey. Too too many too many injuries, and I got to be up for work in the morning. Yeah, exactly. It's it gets pretty dangerous. People get fired up, and next thing you know, uh, Jerry, you're out there thinking you're Scott Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> People on the other bench, you're next. Uh, yeah, it's so it's funny. it's funny how that happens. Um, you guys listen to Thirty Two Thoughts? I, I do occasionally. Yeah, I do. I have I have an unpopular opinion, and I'm going to put it out there just because when I listen to it, I, I just does. Does anybody else not like Jeff Merrick? I know. Oh my lord! Yeah. Like slightly annoying. Elliot Friedman is the best. Is yeah, so good. Is. Yeah, and then like. And Jeff Merrick, he knows his shit, too, which is, like, the most frustrating part. But he says, like, the most, the strangest things. Like, a grown man saying, oh, do I get a cookie now? Like, that's so weird <laughs> to me. Like, what is what is going on? And him just, like, crying during the Kyle Beach story and the the constant weird, like... It's almost like that movie Elf where he, like, thinks he's, like, a big child. You know what I mean? And, and it's just so strange to me. Yeah. It's, so, it's so weird. Um, Jerry, did you have any uh, other players or any other storylines that you wanted to touch on? Um, not really. We, I mean, we pretty much hit on what I had written down, uh, you know, previously. Just um, – you know, going over uh, Schmid. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Are the Devils a playoff team? I think they are, but we got to figure it out. And I'll, this road trip, right, we went three and one. And I, I said to you in the DM before the road trip, I said, this road trip is going to I, – I, I don't want to sound panicking, but I kind of am – uh, that road trip was going to make or break the season. I said we had to get at least two wins out of that road trip. So, yeah. you know, we get we go three and one. It didn't feel like we went three and one on the road trip, though. Um, they were, you know, it's a lot of ugly play. And we just need to keep getting points, no matter how ugly it is, because I do believe the team will figure it out eventually. It's taking a lot longer than I thought it would. As long as we can just stay within arms length, arms length. Yeah. As long as we can stay within an arm's length of the playoffs, which we are perfectly within right now, um, I do believe we'll figure it out, and I do believe we're a playoff team. However, we need to figure out the goaltending situation, but uh, soon, not not at the trade deadline, but soon they got to figure it out because we can't go into the playoffs again with, with, with this tandem. I hate to say it. Are you picking up a defenseman as well? I mean, with Dougie out a hundred percent, 100%. Yeah. We have to, and not, and we don't need um, Tyson Barry. We don't need a defenseman like Tyson Barry. We need a guy who can play defense. We need a guy who's going to shut 
the opposition down. We have enough offensive players on this team. We have enough defensemen who play defense but aren't physical. We, we really need a physical, intimidating defenseman right now. Yeah, a guy that's been around the block that knows how to handle himself yes. and can probably, like, calm some of these our younger back end down. You got Ball, Nemitz, and Hughes, and it's like – you need a guy who's been around the block to where he walks into the room. He knows he's the man. 100%. And, 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 and people could look at him and be like, all right, I'm just following what this guy does. This guy's a pro's pro. You know what I mean? I, I love those kinds of guys. That's why I'm st- That's why I'm cool with the Palat contract. It is, it's like it's good to have a dude like that around to just when you get off to a start like we have. I mean, he's a guy that just keeps his head down, keeps working. You know, he's not going to fuel any flames that are going on if there's a problem going on in the locker room or anything like that how, how big know, of a pickup has colin miller been though oof. he's good Huge. i like colin miller. he's so Huge. solid back there you know what was crazy was he he had a rough game um shit i, I think it was the vancouver game it was either the vancouver game or the san jose it might have been the san jose game and Ruff benched him for the third yeah, period and played, Nemet, and played Nemitz over him. Yeah. And it was like, think about, like, we talked about let's keep Lindy Ruff as far away from Nemitz as possible. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, <laughs> if Nemitz's last name, um, you know, was Hughes or if Hughes's last name was Nemitz, how would he be treated? And you got to give credit while credit's due. I think Lindy Ruff is willing to let him make the mistakes and continue to put him out there. And I think he plays the time, the kind of game he's responsible. So he plays the kind of game that, that Ruff likes. I've been critical of Ruff, but I will say in the, in the Calgary game, I thought that he iced the right lineup. I, he, he put all the right people out there, yeah. which is one of my, which is one of the things I've criticized him for. And I think he's been smart about who he's played and who he's had sitting um, even in the game versus Edmonton, Tierney really didn't play that much. He he put he was on he was part of the roster, but he didn't see any ice time. He benched um, he healthy scratch Smith after the you know he's just consistent bad penalties. <laughs> so I think like Ruff has kind of turned a corner on that. Um, Nemec, so made, just, Nemec made him turn the corner on Smith. Yeah, but even as a forward. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. was playing forward and everyone was like, oh, look, Smith is great as a forward. He's the best. Like, oh, you know, and then it's like then you take the stupid penalty at the end of that game that could have cost you the game. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I've been happy with the personnel decisions that Ruff has made. We just need to get these guys going. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't just be, and, and and I mean, we shouldn't really wrap this up without at least talking about Nico Heischer and how big Nico has been since he's come back. I mean, he's got points in how many games, and he's really, on both ends of the ice, to me, been the X factor of grinding out some of these ugly wins. It's like ugly wins are primed for a guy like Nico. I mean, uh, you got anything to say on Nico, Dad? Yeah, Nico's been fantastic. I mean, their line has been fantastic. Um, you know, he 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 leads by example. He definitely leads by example, and I think the guys follow him. Um, I don't think it's any. You know, I don't think it's it's a coincidence that when he comes back, we start playing real well. That Cal- that so. Cal- that Calgary game, he put the team on his back, like. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. His, his board work in that Calgary game was incredible. He, he 
forget about the the goals. I mean, he just if there was a fifty fifty battle or, or a puck battle, he was in. He came out of he came out of the corner with the puck every single time. He was an absolute beast. Right. Yeah. It's 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 amazing to see what because it wasn't like he was like firing on all cylinders before he was injured and uh, they they obviously struggled with him out of the lineup and uh, and some you know some people even including myself were like well Nico really wasn't going before he before he got hurt so but you see like he has all these the intangibles that does all the dirty work all right so you look at the schedule coming up we get a t- we're gonna have Boston on Wednesday prime time. National televised game, uh, seven thirty start, which will be tough. I mean, Boston's always tough. All right, we 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 picked on Jeff Merrick. Is there anybody worse than Jack Edwards in the entire NHL? <laughs> no. Wow, he's amazing. No. He, it's amazing how bad he is. It's like, and he sounds like he's in a coma. Go, you should go on go on YouTube and listen to his uh, like greatest worst clips. It's oh. it's. I had dork bumps all over my body listening to this guy announce. Yeah. <laughs> he says the most bizarre things. It's how, how does he have a job? <laughs> I know. I don't know. It's a pretty big market too. You would you would think they could do a little better than him. Think about how many kids have gone to school to be a broadcaster, and Jack Edwards is still calling Boston Bruins games. To me, it's insane. Just does the craziest stuff to where you're like, dude, you can't even talk like that. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got Boston on Wednesday. That's going to be a tough one, but we're back home. We got a couple days rest. Um, shit, I wish I had the Boston schedule in front of me. I'd like to see if they play Tuesday as well. But, um, so we have Boston. Then you have two days off. You have, you go on the road, but you play Columbus. Columbus is a a struggling team. And, uh, let's see, they are, they're nine, 16 and five. That's one that you should win. And then on Sunday, you come back home and you play Anaheim traveling across the country, who's 10 and 17. So you should be able to get two of these three games, ideally. I mean, you'd like to get three, but you could get two of the the next three. But then you have this, starting Sunday, you have a four-game, it's actually a five-game homestand, but four games in, in, uh, in six days. Four games got, in seven Yeah, days. you got Philly. So you have Sunday, Anaheim. Tuesday, you got Philly. That's a that's a winnable game, which will be tough, but that's a winnable game. Uh, Edmonton traveling across the country on Thursday. And then Saturday, Christmas Eve's Eve, uh, you have Detroit, which Detroit looks good, man. I got, I'm really impressed with yeah. what Detroit's done. Um, Show t- just look Showtime's like a- back. Big time. Yep. Um, I heard that's like one of the nicest or one of the coolest arenas in the league, too. I have this weird. I want to go to Detroit for some reason to go catch a game. Um, you have you have the Christmas break and whatnot. And then you have Wednesday Columbus comes to New Jersey. So, I mean, you're, you're looking here. You got. Let's see. Philly over 500 at this point. Philly's pretty good. 15 and 10. Carter Hart is playing very well right now. Oh, man. You would trade Dawson Mercer for Carter Hart, wouldn't you? I certainly would. 
I'd hate, I'd kill me to see Dawson Mercer in a Flyers jersey. <laughs> yeah, right. But would it hurt? But would it hurt you? Would it hurt Flyer fans more to see Carter Hart winning a Stanley Cup with the Devils? It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Caught a hot. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have we have some winnable games. We have a nice home stand. Um, you have, you know, you're only playing two games in the next uh, six nights. So you have some time to get healthy. If Timo Meyer is still laboring from something, if uh, Eric Halla give him a chance to get healthy, see what happens. I mean, I think we we've won what six or five out of our last seven. I think it is. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's like, all right, like we're we're turning a corner. I mean, I think it's if we were to figure out a way to get some chemistry between Holtz. Mercer and Timo, all hell could break loose. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that they have to play together. I'm just saying if you could find a pair or a partner or a line combination where those guys start to produce, the Devils could be in a really good situation, especially with the emergence of Nemitz looking as good as he has on the back end. I mean, it's been – we really lucked out. If it was anybody else, if Dougie goes down on any other team, it's like – who, how, how do you replace something like that? Nemitz plays a very similar style. It's just volume shooting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. Who are you riding I, I out? Think we're, I think we're in a good spot. I think who we're you, in a good who spot. Who are you riding out goalie-wise, Dad? I'm riding Schmid. I'm definitely riding Schmid. I think uh, Vitex still has to prove his way back to being 1A. Um, I would definitely ride Schmid. Agree. You know, couple couple dumb couple dumb plays and stuff, but I don't think it's time to be looking at Nico Dawes or anybody else. I think these two guys give us our best chance right now. I don't think that there's any good goalies out there for us to go after that are going to help us this season that are available. Um, I think we got to I think we got to play these two guys, and I think that you know the the more rubber Schmid sees, I think he's going to get better. I think, and he's already playing better. His save percentage, you know, his save percentage is much better than than Vtech. Yeah, and Vtech can get hot too. You know, he's. Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to. He, he makes some big, yeah, big he, saves. He is. He he's you know he was he was one of the main reasons why we went on that that streak last year. Yeah, um, it was him standing on his head. So he can do it. Um, you know, a lot of injuries. People getting healthy, just a little better goaltending, which we did see out of both of those guys, um, you know, the second half of November and yep. beginning of this month. So uh, I'm not hating where we're at. I'm hating the airfare coming up next week. I'm Are you coming? That. Yeah, I think, I'm gonna ca- I, I think I'm going to catch a couple games, yeah. Well, please let me know because I, I, I like try to plan it out. You know what I mean? Um, I don't want to invite somebody then disinvite somebody. No, I want, you can. And I, you, and I it, want to go, and I want you to come with me because it's it's a it's very, not the same if I'm sitting in the section next it's to you. A very intense experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> I sit in this section. I'll, I'll I'll pop up, and he'll already have it planned where his family's going, and I'm sitting in the section next to him, <laughs> like going ah ah. <laughs> I look over and he's just like staring at me like a serial killer from the other section. I'm like, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> the, Devils, the Devils have six of their next seven games. 
at home. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. We're coming back. <laughs> With a light blue hue to them. Fresh and juicy, ready for the picking. All the school children are lining up to put them in the sack lunches. Hey, that plum looks good. Can I treat it for your Twinkie? No, these are my plums. I want to bite into that plum and let the juice spill down my chin. Oh, man. I'm the guy with the problem. Uh, yeah, I feel it down in my plums. I, I feel like the devils are, are turning a corner here. And if we could uh, if we could take advantage of these home games, I, I think uh, we're, uh, we're right for the picking. Um, <laughs> Jerry, it, it was a pleasure having you on, dude. You're always more than welcome to come on. And uh, Dad, thanks as always. It's it's about that time. I got to put the kids to sleep in a little bit, yep. and then uh, the Giants play. So I'm gonna get some Tommy DeVito in, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, Tommy hey, Cutlets. It, it was an honor being on with the game too. Today. So uh, if you see a crazy fan running onto the field, uh, <laughs> maybe it's our boy Patty. Oh, shout out to Carl Banks too. Carl Banks. We talked about Carl Banks. Oh last yeah. Episode. Absolutely, and uh, Carl Banks uh, retweeted the podcast for us, which I thought was really cool. And um, apparently, Patty's been in talks with him about. Oh yeah, know, yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, Publius, good to see you, brother. Uh, be in touch, and um, thank you all for listening to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Bach, along with the Pickle and Publius. Till next time, be well. For the life of me Remember a Saturday I know they say let it be But it just don't work out that way And the course of a lifetime runs Over and over again No, I would not give you false hope on the strange and mournful day, but the mother and child reunion is only emotional. Oh, little darling of mine, I just can't believe it's so. Though it seems strange to say, I've never been late so such a mysterious way in the course of a lifetime runs over and over again but I would not give you false hope on this train